All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Welcome to the special edition of the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. And if the recently released Durham report on the Trump-Russia narrative didn't convince you that there's a two-tiered system of jurisprudence, of justice going on in this country, as the special counsel so stated in that report, if the retaliation to FBI whistleblowers who say there's lawlessness, ignoring rights, unconstitutional moves by the FBI and the Department of Justice going on at the seventh floor. And if the lax attitude displayed by prosecutors and mayors in 2020, while leftist terrorists burned down police buildings, tried to assassinate cops, and in some cases succeeded. Oh my God, if they do that. Well, they're willing to do that. What are they willing to do to the people who were caught up in January 6th? All sorts of stuff. Now, remember, let's go back there for just a second to previous times. You had you had Antifa BLM attempting to burn down a federal courthouse. You had them conspiring to assassinate police. And in Seattle, they tried. And in other areas of the country, People assassinated police officers. They pummeled police officers with IEDs, other munitions. They took over swaths of cities. Remember Chaz and Chop and the encampments of uh, Portland, Oregon? Creating armed checkpoints to stop people from freely traveling against their constitutional rights. The city of Portland armed checkpoints by Antifa and BLM. That happened. If you, those things don't convince you that we are a law in order death spiral mode going on in this country, then nothing will. And nothing Jake Lang says on the program today will change your mind. Nothing will change your mind. Maybe a story will. And if so, maybe you're waking up. Maybe the scales are falling from your eyes. You know, while BLM and Antifa rioters and assaulters went mostly unpunished, Uh, with cases either not pursued, charges dropped, no time given to wrongdoers who caused a billion dollars of damage at least, and then killed cops in an attempt to sow chaos for political reasons leading to an election. Jake Lang sits in a political gulag worthy of that epithet. Two years awaiting trial. Two years. Variety of reasons for that. He'll tell you about them. This is in violation of the Sixth Amendment rights. And so these are the charges against uh, Jake Lang. Civil disorder, assaulting, resisting, impeding certain officers, uh, aiding and abetting, disorderly and disruptive contact. He's been sitting in a, a gulag, a variety of them, 13 prisons altogether. 13. They've moved him around that much. And they're doing it on purpose to break him down. So he's been doing that for 
two, over two years, two years. You know what? He never went into the Capitol building. Never. Never. And the same prosecutor who presides over Washington, D.C. and the federal and local cases there because of the unique situation with that city has declined to bring charges, declined to bring charges in two-thirds of the cases that have been brought to him. Two-thirds. He's just dropped. You know, he could do that with the January 6th protesters, but he hasn't dropped one of those because the word has gone out. It doesn't matter what the charges are, if they really did anything bad, if they went into the the Capitol or as the QAnon shaman did, walked in with a police escort, doesn't matter. We're going to go after them and we're going to make shit up about them. Excuse my language, by the way. I apologize for that. But this gets me so riled up. You know, when you start using the political and illegal or legal process, illegal, <laughs> Freudian, <laughs> against people, I get real riled up. When, when you have no right to do that, when there's nothing that's been done, you are making it up or inflating it. Well, I got a problem with that. <sighs> anyway, talking uh, with us today, Jake Lang, I mean, it doesn't help his case, but it does help explain what he was doing there that day, how he has tried to get the cops to uh, help Roseanne Boylan. He was, he was holding Roseanne Boylan in his arms when she died on January 6th. She was sprayed with munition spray or, you know, like CS gas or what have you. Uh, then she went into, she got trampled was, because they kept pushing people back toward her. And then, and, and then they wouldn't help her. She didn't have to die that day. Yeah. You, you don't want her to be there. You think she's a bad person for having been there on January 6th. Great. Not in the Capitol building, BT dubs, not in the Capitol building there. But they kept forcing them back in a tunnel. And what that did was that caused them to have concentrated amounts of CS gas. Well, Jake Lang uh, joins the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft from prison to talk all about his case and what's going on in his life now. Jake Lang and many other January 6th prisoners sit in gulags all over the country, some in a D.C. gulag after their arrest. Jake's been in prison awaiting trial in the United States of America for two years, three months, as of the day we're speaking. Talking with us today doesn't help his cause, but it does help explain what he was doing there that day in January 6, 2021, and how he tried to get the cops to help Roseanne Boylan, who was killed that day, along with Ashley Babbitt. Some of his time in prison has been in the hole of solitary confinement, and he's moved constantly. Jake Lang joins the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft from prison. Welcome back. How are you doing? Hey, Victoria. God bless you for having me. Tell me what's going on in your case. You have a new trial date and you've got uh, possibilities of going to a higher court. Can you give us a brief summation of what's going on there? Yeah. Um, as par for the course, they keep on kicking my child back. Um, you know, this government, uh, the DOJ and the apparatchiks are surrounding, um, you know, Joe Biden's uh, weaponized FBI and DOJ have uh, continued to postpone and uh, move my child back consistently because they don't want the truth of January 6th getting out. They don't want the truth of what uh, happened to Roseanne Boylan, how she was murdered by the Capitol Police um, in cold blood, and the cover-up uh, of her death was uh, just as bad as the crime. 
So they pushed my trial back to October 10th. By that time, Victoria, my I would be incarcerated for over a thousand days without a trial by October 10th. Yeah, people may not appreciate, like, do or whatever happened on January 6th, but they cannot deny that um, justice delayed is justice denied. I mean, how much do you have a role in delaying your own justice? Is this part and parcel of what your attorney's attempting to do, or is this totally the feds? What's going on with that? Well, so, like I explained right in front of the judge, uh, my judge Nichols, um, just two weeks ago when I was in front of him, was that basically we are being forced to uh, push back our trial and the prosecutor because every single time somebody goes to trial and every single week it seems either Epic Times or Gateway Pundit or PJ Media or somebody seems to break a story um, busting open January 6th and uh, the multiple uh, government agencies that were involved, the different... um, uh, all the di- all the different things that keep coming out. Every you know when the Proud Boys uh, just had their trial for the last six months, we learned that there was like 11 DHS members, uh, multiple different undercover FBI agents, you know, uh, admonishing the crowd to go forward and stuff. So it's it's definitely a mixture between it's prudent to continue to kind of rot away in prison so that all of the truth that slowly seems to trickle out about January 6th that investigative journalists uncover, the different defense attorneys bring out the truth at trial. It seems that every single, I mean, what we know now, two and almost two and a half years later, is much different than what we knew two years ago. If I were to go to a trial six months in, which I didn't have that opportunity, but still, if I were to have gone to trial six months into my incarceration compared to now, this time, the, the information is vastly different. So it's it's kind of a mixture of both. I'm being forced, though, basically, to wait until more information comes out and, and political climate changes. Forced by circumstances and to save your life, basically. Okay, 100%. so t- tell me about, can we just go back in the Wayback Machine for just a second? What did your arrest look like? Had you been in contact with the FBI and had you agreed to give, turn yourself in, or, or how did that whole thing work out? Because you were arrested co- a couple of weeks after January 6th. Go ahead. Yeah, um, January 16th, the FBI swarmed uh, my house and uh, where I was wa- where I was limping on the street because I got shot by the Capitol Police in the foot, exploded my foot with a rubber bullet. It was fractured, broken badly, and. Um, no, I had no contact. It was a complete, um, what you would say, like a domestic militarized police force um, that arrested me. It was absolutely ridiculous. Some of these images that we see on my documentary on j6truth.org um, kind of highlighting the, the weaponization of the, um, the federal government against patriots, against conservatives, against um, its own citizens. You know, this uh, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. You see these guys... It, Anywhere from Jan Sixers to um, Catholic uh, uh, followers of the faith that uh, decide to go to an abortion clinic and uh, and pray outside an abortion clinic, They're, we're all getting our doors ringed in by uh, these militarized police forces and then thrown into these uh, horrendously biased D.C. jury pools um, of liberals that that, are, that want nothing more than to see um, good. God-fearing American uh, 
conservatives just go down in in flames in these uh, all these different court hearings. So yeah, I got arrested in a similar fashion to what you see uh, happening all over the country. SWAT with team about twenty. Yeah, SWAT team, twenty different um, SUVs pulling up. You know, fully yeah. locked and loaded, fully automatic. Get on the ground. Um, no no warning. No chance to turn myself in. Uh, nothing of the sort. Just um, so they never contacted you tyranny. prior. They, they never contacted you prior to your arrest. No, just absolute tyranny descending upon innocent American citizens who decided to stand up and defend this country on January 6th from a stolen election, a communist coup d'etat. Some SWAT teams were employed to go get people and surround their houses, like, for example, uh, well, many people, and they'd been in contact with the FBI and had made plans to turn themselves in, and they came Anyway, so I just want to know. Now, uh, you have been in how many j- prisons so far, Jake? And where are you now? I'm, I'm back at the D.C. Gulag in the Patriot Pod with all my brothers here who have been holding down the fort since I left to 13 different prisons. The federal government, the prosecutors, the U.S. Marshals, um, and the FBI have colluded to torture me in, in uh, a means of torture that is uh, – it's very unique. It's called diesel therapy, and uh, there's other federal prisoners that have been through it. Basically, pre-trial detention, what they do is they put you on diesel therapy if they really want to break you and uh, get you to take a plea deal or, or bend the knee. So they send you around to all these different prisons. You don't stay anywhere for too long, and um, you get, you're kind of unmoored. You can't get settled in. You can't get your legal documents, your discovery. You you know, you come in there unclothed with no food, no hygiene products, with a completely new environment trying to settle in and figure out how to get, you know, all of your stuff back, all of your legal documents and your discovery and all this stuff. So, And then they move you again, and then they move you again. And it it's a process that, uh, you know, if I didn't have God uh, living in my heart through Christ Jesus, um, I would, you know, I would be definitely broken down by it because it is extremely, it's uncomfortable, it's torture. It's meant, it's meant to be that way, and, and it is meant to break you down. It's also meant to keep you away from your attorney to mount a defense. That, I mean, this is what happens, apparently. And um, so has it been difficult for you to meet with your attorney, talk with your attorney? Yeah, very difficult. That's been a constant struggle um, throughout this entire process. That's another reason why we can't go to trial. My trial was scheduled to happen May 31st, and I've seen maybe two, three, four hours of um, of video from the from the Capitol. And uh, apparently, there's 44,000 hours that's released to Tucker Carlson because he has nice hair um, or something like that. But me, who's sitting with just as nice hair, uh, <laughs> sitting in federal prison. For uh, 850 some odd days now, um, you cannot view the same uh, exonerating and exculpatory evidence of the massive swaths of police brutality that happened, um, the lack of training, and you know the, the improper response to a, a crowd of that size, and um, everything that, that would exonerate me at trial. The, the nitty gritty of getting into Jan 6, seeing the, the government agents and the, the um, provocateurs and you know all of this stuff. This is this. Did, a lot did you of, see uh, any of that, Jake? If would you have been able to identify it if you saw it that day? Did you see any uh, feds? Uh, uh, what did you see? What did you see? Now, I mean, you got you know, shot, I'm, so there is that. 
Must have oh, seen I a cop or two. I got, yeah, I got clubbed over my head with the steel baton. I got uh, enough pepper spray and mace uh, ingested um, to, to definitely knock down a, a, a few dozen people. But, um, you know, I'm on a different strain in, in the January 6th belief of what happened that day. Whether there was, and there was, tons of feds in the crowd and tons of Antifa provocateurs. And it's been proven that there was hundreds and hundreds of those types of people there. Um, I believe that what happened on January 6th would have transpired regardless. Um, it, there was a bunch of pissed off American patriots who assembled at the Capitol to have their voices heard, to revoke our consent to a stolen election. And uh, we were attacked. We were ambushed and attacked. And, you know, uh, the men that were there uh, and the women, too. But, you know, we saw lots of uh, women being abused and beaten. And we saw elderly people being targeted and beaten by the police and used chemical weapons on and rubber uh, bullets and pepper uh, ball bullets and stuff. And so we responded as any um, as any people should, as any men should. And we defended those around us and we defended our country and stood firm on our conviction to uh, uphold the Constitution. And so that's that's where I I rest. I rest in that camp that. Um, even though there was entrapment, even though there was uh, FBI and DHS and CIA and uh, undercover NPD, Metropolitan Police, and undercover Capitol Police officers all around the crowd, and a bunch of bad CIA? actors. CIA? I mean, there's, there's, I can guarantee you that I think that there were 17 different um, uh, government agencies involved in uh, orchestrating January 6th. But we're just, the, the point of a lot of this is we're just starting to unlock the multiple layers of government involvement um, and how they, through uh, neglect of their duty uh, and of also malice, um, trying to use, to use deception and, uh, and and paint the picture of Trump supporters, have really orchestrated January 6th in many ways. But regardless, I think January 6th was a beautiful day that showed the rest of the world that Americans still got uh, a little bit of gumption, and uh, we'll we'll stand up to tyranny any day, any time, any place, um, and that's our house. So one of the things that Jake may not be aware of is the FBI uh, whistleblower or several um, who testified in Congress that in addition to the fact that they used SWAT teams to intimidate and terrorize people who had already been in contact with the feds to turn themselves in. That was not the case in Jake's case. But they also disseminated the cases uh, to different cities, right, from where people came. But of course, they were all consolidated into one city, D.C. Generally speaking, that, in fact, always, that's one case. But they made the numbers... They plussed up the numbers to make it look even worse. And then furthermore, what they did was they re, but one whistleblower has testified that he was a uh, child abuse guy, FBI guy. So he's looking into big cartel like activity on the part of child abusers and that sort of thing and, um, porn and et cetera. And what he did was he, he was told that he was being assigned to the terrorism task force. And to keep doing what he was doing, which was doing the, you know, the really nefarious stuff of uh, going after these bad actors against children. And they kept tallying up his hours to the January 6th prosecutions and investigations. So the FBI was actually uh, thieving money um, 
taking money away from the the federal government uh, more than they uh, because they, because the money was the, the bank was open to these guys for this investigation. But furthermore, what was really interesting was that they were attributing to J six investigations other investigations. Now uh, that's not okay. Uh, it is lying about the extent of the problem. It's why Joe Biden keeps going around in speeches saying that white supremacy is the number one problem in the country when that is just utter bullshit. And it's because they look at these plussed up numbers, these these uh, prosecutions in the J6 cases, and they've intensified, you know, they've lied, inflated the numbers. And then in addition, they say, well, we've been investigating. So we've got this whistleblower from the FBI who was investigating stuff, crimes against children, and they're attributing his hours to investigating J6. This is all nonsense. Now, some of it, I mean, you can't hit a cop. Jake is alleged to have hit a cop with a bat. Okay, he brought one or he he threatened him with it. Well, you know, as I deplored the same type of behavior over and over and over during the summer of 2020 and against Mike Strickland when Antifa and BLM went after him, I do also deplore it when it's used by people like Jake who may have, uh, and you know, used it against a cop. It's not okay, okay? It's just not. Jake, um, we were, I was just telling folks if they didn't know that the uh, FBI whistleblowers have said that they've uh, inflated the numbers of prosecutions, inflated the hours spent on January 6th uh, prosecutions, et cetera, in order to make it look as if there's this huge problem with quote unquote white supremacy, which means is code word for anybody who votes Republican and is generally a male. Um, Okay. So how have conditions been in prison for you? First, I got to say, impeach uh, prosecutor, head prosecutor, lead prosecutor, Matthew Green. Yeah. Go, go FPG. And uh, what you said is exactly right. Um, they paint us all in the same boat. It uh, doesn't matter what color you really are. If you're in, the, if you're in Trump's boat or you're in the, the boat of the constitutional uh, republic, um, you're, you're going to be called a white supremacist, even if you don't happen to be white. Uh, Matthew Graves, or uh, Graves, the DA, or not DA, he's the U.S. attorney in D.C., but he has the unique position of being able to prosecute federal crimes as well as local crimes, all of which occur in the, you know, the the, the reservation, essentially, of Washington, D.C., uh, not a state, intentionally so. And so what happens is he's declined to prosecute two-thirds of the people who have come before him, charges brought against them. And he goes, yeah, violent criminal, no. That's why D.C. is going through a huge explosion in violent crime. This is why uh, carjackings, for example, murders, for example, have gone up astronomically. And it's because he's not keeping people accountable, not holding them accountable. Being held accountable? He's holding holding the wrong people accountable. He's holding uh, good men accountable. some of the best men I've ever met in my life, real American patriots, served their country, bus drivers, school teachers, electricians, plumbers, um, the backbone of America that I had the honor of uh, serving uh, my country in, in this political persecution with. Um, that's who he's going after. Um, and I keep on hearing stories of uh, the family members that come up to visit their guys here um, that are witnessing 
old ladies being robbed of their purses. One of the one of my guys here is a horrific story. Um, his his girl got an Airbnb. One of my fellow political prisoners here, uh, Jan Sixer, his girl got an Airbnb, and the last day that she was there, she was being marked, and somebody tried to break in the back window of her Airbnb. One of these uh, career criminals that uh, Matthew Graves loves to uh, wash his hands of, and uh, like Pontius Pilate, and just uh, say, "You do with it what you want with him. I don't find him guilty of anything." And uh, yeah, she nearly uh, nearly got a run, and um, and and uh, who knows what could have happened. Um, but she called the police, and the police responded. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but you know that—that's what you're li- dealing with in Washington D.C. Um, career criminals right. and uh, violent gangs. Well, uh, that are then they tagged right on. The I, I'm sorry to jump in. I know we have limited time, so uh, the charge of obstructing an official proceeding was attached to many of the J6ers' uh, uh, cases because they were just misdemeanor cases, and they would have just been kicked by anybody in, in, in any any day. But because they put this. Um, this felony on, uh, attached this to thousands uh, or hundreds, I should say, of the cases, uh, you face many, many years in prison. Is this one of the reasons why you think that your case may get a higher court hearing? So let me break this down for the audience. Um, This is this fifteen twelve charge is called obstruction of Congress. It's a 20 year maximum felony. It's a very serious charge. Um, but it's really it's a very opaque uh, charge. It has it's, it's loosely constructed, and they've it's used never it been used before blanket. January sixth, except yeah. except in the Enron yeah. case when they were hiding yeah, evidence. Yes, has nothing to do with uh, you know coming obstructing an official proceeding. Right. Well, yeah, using your right to redress a grievance and uh, and revoking your consent to a congression uh, a Congress. Uh, Pulling uh, the hood over us and 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 moving in a communist puppet like Joe Biden, but I digress. So this fifteen twelve charge is a blanket political charge that they've just smacked on everyone, from people like myself who never went in the Capitol to other old ladies and and, and veterans that just happened to walk through the Capitol that day and had no contact with the police whatsoever. They've used this charge to basically um, pigeonhole many hundreds of people, just like you said, and get them to force them to cop out and take a plea deal and, you know, take take a year, two years, three years, four years in prison, depending on what their plea deal is, just so they can walk around and say, you know, we got another one, another quote-unquote insurrectionist who uh, quote-unquote instructed Congress and led out to a, a felony. So let me break this down even further. I'm one of only three Jan Sixers that had this charge dismissed. My judge, Carl Nichols, he is a Trump appointee, and he's one of the best judges on the circuit. That's not saying much uh, compared to Powell, compared to his ridiculous colleagues that have uh, given all their political, uh, politically charged statements from the bench, calling Trump a charlatan and all kinds of stuff. But uh, Carl Nichols got this one right. Um, it was one of the major wins we had in the January 6th field. Uh, we fought hard for it. But then the government, uh, the government evil prosecutors, God bless them, I hope they repent of their, their ways and find Jesus, but um, they went and they pushed this up to the appellate court. And the appellate court deliberated on it for like six months, and it had a split decision. It was really a one-and-a-half to a one-and-a-half decision. Um, there was one dissenting opinion of, um, of uh, to, to Why is it so noisy there? I don't What's going know. on there? I, there's... 
people are just yelling in the background, but um Guys, I'm on the phone. No, I I kinda wanna hear what they're saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I just thought there might be a riot in there or something. I uh, no, not here. This is the most peaceful pot in all of America. All of the guards here jockey to try to get um, duty here because we it's such a a peaceful environment that we've created because it's all Gen Sixers brothers here, Christian brothers. Um, but so the, the this 1512 charge that the appellate um, the federal appellate uh, division overturned his. My judge's dismissal, it was completely shattered in their in their um, their construing of it. And one of the um, the appellate judges out of three completely dissented. And the, the second one basically said, "I would have dissented if the word corruptly, because in in the the, um, the language of the charge, the word corruptly is very loosely thrown around." And they said basically, if, if the word corruptly was defined this way, I would have. Um, voted against this missile, but if it was defined another way, I would have voted for it. So his was like kind of a half-hearted, I'm just going with the lead judge on this because I don't really understand how they're using the word um, corruptly. So all of this, all of this is basically leading up to a huge, the only uh, recourse we have now, Victoria, is pushing this up to the big dogs, um, federal Supreme Court with, um, you know, our, our justices there. Um, that are conservative leaning, and you know this is has huge yes, this is huge political implications for two reasons. Well, the one that affects me and my brothers the most is that if we push this up to Supreme Court, which we are, we just paid a good amount of money. God bless my dad um, with Norm Pattis, Alex Jones, former attorney, and my cur- current attorney Steve Metcalf are joining forces. We just battled the government on the. Um, the Proud Boys case, and my attorney Steve Metcalf actually is the first attorney ever to beat the seditious conspiracy charge um, for the Proud Boys, uh, for for one of the Proud Boys, Dominic Mazzola, his client. Um, and so they're pushing this up to the Supreme Court. They just uh, they have the the um, the writ fi- um, ready to be filed imminently. And so if the Supreme Court overturns this appellate decision to uh, overturn my dismissal, then it will retroactively affect all of the hundreds of Jan Sixers who have been taking plea deals to this, who have um, who have been doing, who are now currently serving prison time and who are facing prison time from it, like myself. And it'll release, it'll be like a massive jail spring. It'll release, you know, dozens and dozens, maybe even hundreds of Jan Sixers from prison. And it'll be huge, God willing. And now the second thing, so this is probably even better, bigger political implications for the rest of the country. The January 6th sham show trial Soviet Select Committee um, that had no defense, that had no uh, defense uh, against the charges that they alleged, um, no no opportunity for me or the thousand other plus people that are uh, implicated in this, uh, this ridiculous matter um, to defend themselves. They recommended, this is the same exact charge, the 1512 obstruction of Congress, that they recommended Biden's weaponized DOJ to go and to charge Donald Trump with. So if we win in Supreme Court, it will also cover Donald Trump with a blanket so that in 2024, which is their plan, they plan on charging Donald Trump in 2024 right as he's in the middle of his campaign with this very serious criminal charge. 
does anyone does anyone dispute that who has just gotten an eyes on the Durham report that they were willing to defame and frame Donald Trump as a Russian spy? Do you think that they wouldn't do this? Of course not. Of course they would. I'm telling uh, the viewing audience right now. Of course, Jake, they they will do this. Uh, the other thing is, is that. Well, and you didn't go into the Capitol, right? Enrique Terrio was not allowed to go into the city, and he was brought up on this charge and found guilty by a D.C. jury. I mean, I don't know what you have to do to stay away from trouble. Um, what, a couple of phone calls? He was an informant for the feds, and they got him on this. My God, this is ridiculous. You know, this is this is how the mainstream news media and uh, the Democrat Party are colluding together to um, just completely terrorize the American people into a place of submission. They've shown, they're using us as an example. Yes, um, certain American people, and the other ones, they, they, you know, they give their gifts, like the Chinese, uh, the CCP gives um, their, uh, you know, their lapdogs all of the, you know, the good gifts and the, and the, uh, the splendor and treasures of the, their society. If you play ball with them, um, and, uh, you know, continue to, to attack and, and be part of the apparatchik that, you know, villainizes, uh, conservatives. Well, then you're, you're good to go. You, you can do no crime. If you're Hunter Biden, you can do no crime. Um, if you're the Biden crime family, you can do no wrong. But, um, if you're an electrician from, uh, the, the Midwest who, who believes in Jesus and, and loves his country and loves our liberty, well, your, your, their sights are on you. You've got a new book out. You've done a movie, a documentary. How do you do any social media? How do you do all of that from prison? Because we were just talking about it before we talked to you, and we just were wondering. Yeah, I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed to have um, a support system that God's put around me, my father and other Jan Six um, family members, and uh, we have a huge, huge group chat on Telegram called Prisoners Record that's been invaluable to me. Um, run by one of my best friends and brothers in Christ. And so all these people come around me, and basically I just get on the phone. I lay out my vision for um, uh, the book. Well, I've written, I wrote the book. But I lay out my vision for how I want the book uh, cover to look and how I want uh, the websites to look and the documentaries to, to the storyline of them, and we just bring the right people around. And so speaking of those uh, things, if you guys want to check out everything that we're up to, the documentary that's the most viewed video ever on Rumble, um, called The Truth About January 6th, uh, go over to j6truth.org um, and, and watch that and share it and, and donate to our legal funds if uh, God puts it on your heart to be generous and support us. And uh, definitely continue tuning in to Victoria Taft's uh, podcast and sharing her stuff. She's amazing, great journalism, um, and giving uh, the voice to the political prisoners is a brave thing. Uh, where many people have uh, turned their back on us. We still have brave patriots who are willing to give us a voice. So thank you very much for the opportunity to talk to you thank and your you, audience Jake. today. Victoria. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and, and for the, Thank you. God bless you, too. And uh, chin up, kid. So if you're a civil libertarian, you, you don't care. Uh, the defendant, let me just put it this way, is a person who still has constitutional rights. Right? Still has constitutional rights. Uh, and so many of these constitutional rights have been denied, January 6th people, that it is frightening. When we talked to Harvey Silverglate, who um, was on the program 
Oh, a few episodes ago, I was just looking for the part of uh, the discussion wherein he said that the people who were wholesale just sort of rounded up, etc., who weren't even in the Capitol and rioting, he said that was a riot. That was not an insurrection, by the way. Total liberal. I mean, he's a civil libertarian. He is a defense attorney. Anyway, I was looking for the part uh, where he said that the roundup of these people was wholly unconstitutional. And uh, so I'm going to have him back because I want him to be able to riff on that a little bit more because as I found out going through my episode with him, it was uh, our discussion after we were off the air that Harvey had made those comments. And so I'm kicking myself in the pants for not getting those things on on video, on tape. So we'll get that for you. And we'll do that because people, people deserve their civil rights. It doesn't matter what kind of deplorable person it might be. It could be a murderer. It could be an ax murderer. It could be serial child nutballs uh, who go after children. Um, it could be any number of people. And defense attorneys will tell you ad nauseum that their defendant is the U.S. Constitution. They are there in defense of the U.S. Constitution because they could stand up for any number of you know, most defendants, criminals, right? Most people, right? Um, but uh, now they're just make now they're just making shit up on these January six people. If you don't wake up, wake up. That's what's going on. Some people did bad things. Sound like a, a congresswoman there. Some people did bad things. You can't hit a cop. Can't go in. Uh, you can't threaten people. Uh, but I have to say, and of course that's not right. It's unethical and it's illegal. Thing is, is that it is being excused everywhere else. Everywhere else. For example, the people from Ruth sent us and all the far left groups, and I'm talking left, not liberal, left, who have gone and surrounded and walked in front of and threatened the lives of Supreme Court justices. You cannot do that. And yet it's it's illegal. And yet what is Merrick Garland doing? Oh, they're untouchables. You can't do that. And yet it goes around and rounds up people who didn't even go in the Capitol. You know, debuke grandmas, telling everyone that they need to be re-educated because their, their minds aren't straight. That is happening. This is the left taking over institutions. Now, you might think, oh yeah, Victoria, she sounds like a total nutter. Well, you know what? When you see it, when you begin to look at the patterns, you can't unsee it. You cannot unsee it. The FBI has engaged in deplorable, illegal, unethical behavior in rounding these people up and in prosecuting these cases. And if they're willing to do it to the president of the United States, they're willing to do it to you. Look at all these people in jail. What? And Jake has spent time in the hole, that solitary confinement, for what? Being on the grounds of the Capitol, yeah, and assaulting, possibly he's alleged to have assaulted a police officer. We talked to him about that in our earlier episode. Okay, guess what? He's been in jail, prison, for two years. How much time are you going to give someone who showed a bat or alleged to is alleged to have gone after a cop 
after being knocked in the head. And let us talk about the methods and of the law enforcement that day. I am told consistently that the police officers were told to go after people who were not rioting. And by go after, I mean using munitions. Jake was shot in the foot. Another guy was shot in the face uh, with rubber bullets or whatever. We're calling them this generation. This is a, this is a very serious thing. You are seeing a wholesale whole of government narrative and it's a narrative. And now they're backing it up with people with guns. And if you get out of line, they're going to come after you. Now that sounds bizarre. Like, you sound like a conspiracy theorist, you crazy lady. I'm telling you right now, they are doing it. And if you put yourself in a position where it makes it easy for them to accuse you of doing something wrong, like January 6th, then you are, you're going to get rolled up. You're going to get rolled up. And if they're going to do it to Trump, which they plan to do because they plan to do obstruction of a uh, an official uh congressional hearing or whatever it is uh, that they're calling it from the Enron case, uh, they'll they'll do it to Trump. They, they, they raided his house at Mar-a-Lago for documents from the National Archives, which he was in discussions to turn over. They just, they sent a freaking SWAT team to his house to shock and awe that guy. If they're willing to do that, to him because they detest him so much. They want to smear him so much. Do you doubt that they're doing it to these J6 people? I don't. I've seen way too much on this. Way too much. I have, I have paid attention to all of the trials leading it up to the Durham report. I've read the Durham report, almost all of it, 306 pages. Um, lesson. The FBI is not only capable of misusing the government and its power, police power, they've done it. They've lied. They've made stories up. They have framed a sitting president of the United States. Now, I don't want to sound like, a, like I say, I don't want to sound like a crazy lady, <laughs> but dude, if you haven't figured that out yet, you are not paying attention. Wake up. Okay. Until next time. Woo. <laughs> Thanks for joining the Adults in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen and give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs, and it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, 
heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, Mischief Managed.